Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Freedom Entrepreneur Podcast, the ultimate destination for all you freedom seekers out there who are yearning to break free from the chains of a traditional job and create an online business that allows you to live life on your terms. Get ready to unlock the secrets of online business, digital marketing, and be inspired by incredible interviews with those who are already living the dream. And now, please join us in welcoming your host, Lindsay Sutherland, a high-performance business consultant and a true advocate of the laptop lifestyle. Welcome to the Freedom Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Sutherland. I'm excited to have you here today. Content creators looking to build a business, we have an interesting topic for you today, and that is one that I see a lot of people struggle with, whether they're working for themselves from home, building a brand, or They've already got a business cooking and they need to grow. And that is when to hire people, when to bring on team. And I want to start by introducing my newest team member, Alyssa Austin. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Definitely. And uh, I'm excited to have you be a regular part of the show because one of the things that we've kind of gone back and forth on as we start are talking, um, we're like, oh man, that'd be such a great podcast episode. So <laughs> you guys are going to get uh, a treat listening to the two of us go on and on about different things, but relevant things. So excited to have her here now and on future episodes. But um, essentially, you know, I was thinking right before we got on the podcast, Alyssa, you know, it'd be a good time to talk about how to expand team, especially because it's a really poignant moment also to bring you on the show and to talk about our relationship. Um, and how this kind of evolved. Uh, but we've known each other, just so you guys know, listening in, we, Alyssa and I have known each other for about 10 years. We've been we've been friends, but actually we, you started out working for me. You were my nanny and then just became part of the family. And we've stayed in touch very closely over the last decade. My kids are very close to Alyssa as well. Um, she's more like an aunt, I think, at this point. <laughs> Um, but I, you know, it was recently that I was really starting to expand my brand and build out an agency where I knew I needed to have team. I was in my own space, making lists of people that I needed and wondering, you know, what was the right next step for me? And as it turned out, Alyssa was also on her own path, uh, with a virtual assistant freelancing type of a business. And the two just came together so perfectly. It was so divine timing. I just was like, couldn't have asked for a better, better situation. Um, and that's when we really started getting this rocking and rolling. I mean, that was what, 40 days ago, 50 days ago. Yeah. Something like that. And so much has happened since then. I mean, look how much we've gotten done in just that short amount of time with our, with our new partnership, I suppose you could say like our connection. It's been amazing. So today I just want to talk about, this is something that I know a lot of business owners struggle with. And I want to break it down for those of you who are really solopreneurs right now. You know, you're wearing all the hats, you're doing all the things in your business. And today we're going to talk about not just some ideas for you on how you can get team, but also some of the mistakes people make. We're going to have an open discussion period. So stick around to the end so that you make sure not to make some of the mistakes that we've seen and made ourselves. So Alyssa, um, what what are some key things that people can do just in general, let's just bullet point some uh, in general, to bring team on? First, I would say be clear on what you absolutely need for your business to run. Um, get clear on what you do, because that's going to come into play when you do your pricing. 
and what you're looking for. Say you are editing a podcast and it's taking you a lot of time and you just want, you don't want to do that anymore. Um, but it's still making you money. Someone's paying you to do that. What you would do is evaluate your pricing and make sure to sell it at a price and have somebody already in mind, have someone you already know who can take on that project and know their price. Cause then you're just adding to what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, that was a lot of information, but like, I think what you're saying is to just start by making a list of what you want to outsource. Sometimes that's outsourcing things that we are not naturally good at or don't love to do. Sometimes it's outsourcing because literally we don't have the time to do it. We might really enjoy it, but it's just not something we can actually do. It's not earning us an income. It's taking up our time. And also what, who do you know that could be put in that role? Or if you don't know somebody, you can leave it blank, but just having a general understanding of where you want to grow your team. And that actually is exactly what I had done before I talked to you. I knew the people I needed on my team. I just didn't even know yet how I was going to put them all together. And that's kind of where I got stuck is I needed to grow my team really quickly. And I needed like another person to interview and to meet people and to connect with them. And that's where you came in because that's already something you enjoy doing. Um, But now for people listening to this that are like, okay, should I hire a general VA to maybe check my inbox or manage my DMs versus, you know, selling? Because this is something I know I've gone back and forth on. I would say for the most part to focus on income producing activities at first. So this, let's talk about how to do that. So if you're a coach or you're a, you've got a membership community, your best bet is to either a focus on somebody who can like drive traffic to your funnel. If you have one, if you don't, we should talk because that's what we do. We build funnels for people. (laughs) And um, if you do great, get them on there, get them you know, being in charge, like put them, give them a sense of ownership. And I got to say, like, to me, this is the hardest part is finding that person who's going to take it to that level that you would take it to and having, and that's where Alyssa, what you were saying was so valid because, you know, having clear expectations of what you need, what you're wanting done and having a clear system of how you're going to measure their results. I have to say, like, I totally made that mistake early on because I was like, oh, well, they're freelancers. These are people who do this for a living. Obviously they're going to be responsible, but that isn't always the case. And then you're left being really bummed because it didn't work out. So I think having those really clear expectations and communicating them, communicating them (laughs) clearly from the beginning is so, so valid, which you're really good at. You're really good at laying that out. So maybe, maybe you could chime in about some of the things that since we've been building this team, um, what have you done to help make communication easier and to make it more clear on what our expectations are? Um, So I break everything down into, I start broad and break everything down into narrow. And I personally like doing categorizing everything and organizing. That's my specialty background stuff, Um, but also analytics. And so everything has to have a KPI set up. I want to make it measurable no matter what the task is. So before I give out a task, so if I was going to give out sales or lead generation, I would already have my KPIs, what I want to measure, how many people they're bringing in, what the ROI is, what, um, how many people that they may contact with, things that I want to look at 
and I already have it in line so that I can say, okay, our goal is to contact a hundred people. And I want to see how many conversions you get. That way I get like a solid base of where I might estimate how much time it takes for those hundred contacts and then expand. Okay. We made a hundred contacts in two hours. Let's try 200 and give us a four hour block, like something like that. So I can expand, but essentially focus on already having that KPI laid out already having everything written out so that that person knows exactly what I expect. Okay. And so for anybody who doesn't know, KPI is a key performance indicator, which as a business owner, you get to decide if you want the KPI to be the quantity, you're going to outreach to a hundred people, whether that takes you an hour or three hours. What's actually really clever about that idea is that you can also pay based on a project. And guys, this is something I want to tell you because some people don't realize this, especially if we've been in a W2 world for a while, we think in terms of hourly, oh, well, that person worked for 10 hours. I should pay them $10 an hour or 15 or whatever. But that isn't always the case, and it is an angle for you to negotiate. So what you can actually do then is say, hey, I'd like to experiment. I'm trying to grow my business. I'm looking for somebody who can do outreach. Here's what I'm looking for. Would you be willing to do uh, reach out to 100 people for, you know, $3 per outreach? And that's, you know, $300 or you do a dollar in outreach, you can, you could put it on that level because um, you could even say to somebody like some people will reach out to people and it'll take them, you know, one hour to reach 25 people, somebody else, it might take them one hour to reach 50 people because some people put a lot of thought into it. And then there's another level. You need to be clear about what you're expecting. Like recently I was doing outreach for a client on LinkedIn And I noticed when I did a search phrase that I thought was a really legitimate search phrase, I was getting a lot of people who were employees and not business owners. And after I reached out to about 50 of them, I thought, oh, okay, I need to be more targeted with this. And so having some background in what you want and then being clear about that communication, giving the person permission to come back to you and say, hey, this is what's happening giving you feedback and inviting that feedback and making decisions based on that, you know, like having this relationship with them. But yeah, I guess just to say, you don't have to just pay hourly for everything. Yeah. And I would also add that a lot of people don't like when I work with other people for outreach or whatever, one of the biggest things is they like that I'm prepared. Like it did take me time to prepare what I want, but as a business owner, you should, you should take the time to know what you want um, to teach them because they don't want to make mistakes in someone else's business. It does hold people back, but being open, like relationship wise and letting people know that you are totally open to what their expertise are. And fostering that relationship, growing it is makes it so much easier. And they're willing to put more effort in for you as well. Mm, that's really good perspective. Like from the freelancer's perspective, yeah. of what they're going through. I see that a lot with people where they ask a lot of questions and I'm like, as a business owner, I'm just thinking like, well, don't you already know, or isn't this your zone of genius? Or I don't know what information I need to give you. Is there something I'm missing? And then they're like really shy about asking me for, I don't know what reason, but I mean, that's good to know. And so I think opening up that line of communication, not just from the expectation, but to say, also, please talk to me if you have questions or if something doesn't feel right, or you think there's a better way to go. 
I'm open to that dialogue. Like that's really important. Okay. So when it comes to finding these people and, you know, we talked about paying on a project basis versus paying hourly. There's another couple of things that I've seen people do to some effect. And Alyssa, I think we should do some pros and cons on these. So like, for example, trading, I see this a lot in Facebook where it's like, Hey, trade threads where, what can you offer and what do you need? And so Somebody, in fact, I met one of my very best friends doing this. I did a mapping session for her a couple of years ago, and it has led to so much business and a friendship because she was so wowed by what I did that she's referred me so many people since and vice versa. She helped me get clear what her expertise was, was a business um, organizer, I guess, in a way. And so she helped me get really clear about my systems and my processes and writing them out. And so we, and I did marketing and it was a great, it was a great trade. So what do you, what have you, have you ever done a trade with somebody on that level? Uh, yeah. So I, what I trade personally is I'm more of a manager type organization, processes, systems, analytics. Um, and what I really need help on is like graphics and content. I'm not all that there with, with those things. Cause they're just not the way I think. Um, so I've done trades where someone's helped me do like logos or content. And I've just looked over their things and done audits or whatever I needed to do for their systems. Mm. And I like it. Um, the only con is sometimes it feels like a lot of work. It takes your time um, and you're not getting directly paid, you're getting direct indirectly. So sometimes it doesn't feel as, uh, like, I don't know the word for it is motivating. <laughs> I don't know. I hear you. I agree. I think that there is, there is, it's a good way to get started. I definitely think that. And I would also say both of you should expect a testimonial from each other on that note. I think if you get that as a final, A, it completes the job. Like, you know, the job ended and you're going to provide a testimonial feedback. I think that is very valuable. Um, so trading is one definite way to do that. And trades can happen as like a one-off, like you were saying, or they could be more ongoing. Like I've got one lady who's a bookkeeper. I do her marketing and her website design and she uh, keeps my books up on a you know quarterly basis. And so it works out really good because we both need this ongoing help and we get to be there for each other. So we don't have to keep trying somebody new. So there is some pros and cons depending on how you set it up. What about an intern? Yeah. I, I hear people say this all the time, like get an intern. And I, I can tell you right now why I've hesitated. There's one fundamental reason is because I think to myself, like, I don't have the patience to train somebody from zero. <laughs> And that's my own flaw. That doesn't mean that should be true for everybody because one of my clients uses an intern for his video graphic, uh, video editing for his podcast and his socials. And it works out really well. However, he was telling me that he has to switch. Like once the intern kind of moves past intern phase into business phase and they're ready to either get a job or start a business, he has to start over with a new intern. So there is definitely some pros and cons there because you're getting free labor you have to spend a lot of your time to train them on what you want. And or then allowing them to use it as a portfolio too, I would expect. It's a yes. way of payment. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I've never personally felt like that was the right move for me. I like to bring people in that I feel like I can build a relationship with longer term. I don't know. 
if that's true. Yeah, I think that would be a pro would be like inexpensive trade-offs where a con would be that it's not fostering that long-term relationship. However, if they're ready to start, they might be willing to give you a deal or priority. Um, and it does build a maybe later on a networking once they get big enough to like really take on projects. Um, I would say though, once you have training already outlined, it wouldn't be a big deal to keep having people come in, especially if it's something that you've had down to a T, got to work out the kinks with your first intern. I don't think it would be as troubling to bring in a new one. Mm, But see, that's because you think so process oriented. I really like what you just said. Can you give the audience like a quick example of one thing they could do to make that training more seamless? Yeah. So when you're going to do a training, you're going to go through all your steps. You want to make your step list or a guide or a loom video of you doing it. Something that they can watch again and again, if they need assistance for it. Um, I would have some kind of system, either an Asana, Notion, some kind of way to give a task that has to be completed. Um, because people, especially who are learning, need to check off that they're doing everything in order and no amount of information is little. I used to be a teacher And I can tell you that with students, you would think something would be a logical jump, but there is never, there's no such thing when someone is learning for a logical jump because they're learning the logic. Uh, So outline everything. And what I would do is I would put it in a folder that says training, whatever specific training, if it's marketing training, then it's marketing training, that's podcast editing, podcast editing, make subfolders for each thing that they would have to. And that would be their own little folder. It'd be something to go through checklist that they have to reference. So they're not always going to you. And then whenever they send you a question, I'd have a place to frame dump and put that question for you to update training and just update it until it gets perfect. That's fantastic. And so explained so well and so helpful it's so true I totally skipped over that step and that's and isn't that interesting though like just on a side note how we sometimes will just assume something isn't going to work because we just know like oh I could never I don't want to spend all that time training but like you said it's not that big of a deal you're going to need to do that anyway for an employee I guess in my mind I always thought that the training would time would be less if it was somebody who already had some foundation of basics. Like they already are a graphic designer to some extent. You just want to teach them how you want it done in your system and your flow versus graphic design from the beginning. I guess that was my thought on that, but I like your style. That was really good. Okay. Couple other ones um, that we, that I've done is profit sharing. So rather than just hiring somebody, like if you really need a lot of help in the beginning, you might want to profit share. You just set it up so that you have a certain percentage of your proceeds going to the other person or you pay them per project. Like that's another thing we already talked about a little bit, but if you're looking at a lot of work, it's a little bit easier to control your expenses when you have a baseline. So you're not really putting yourself out because everything is measurable when defined by a percentage relative to your overall. In other words, if you only bring in you know, an extra client this month, well, then you're only going to, and so instead, let's use the example of outreach, right? So instead of saying, I'm going to pay you this much for a hundred people outreach, how about I'm going to pay you this much for each new person who I get a booking with. So you might pay more for the booking, but it might take them, you know, uh, 200 people to get one booking. And then after they get the hang of it, it takes them 50 to get that one booking. So there's an opportunity for them 
to like collapse their time and output, but you're only paying for the tangibles that are potentially lead generating or revenue generating for you. So that's another way to look at it too, is that, is that um, project base or profit sharing type of a situation, which can be very similar. Okay. So let's have um, a quick discussion because we're getting short on time here about some of the mistakes that we've seen people make while go. I mean, I just clearly explained one myself, like skipping over a really valid opportunity just because I just assumed that it wasn't going to work for me rather than asking myself, how could it work? I was like, oh no, interns are not going to be my jam. Right. So, you know, being open-minded, I think is one one idea. And and that kind of also goes back to that whole hourly conversation. Like we don't have to treat everybody as an hourly employee. We can have creativity in how we help get people on our team. I think that people who are so used to that nine and five forget that flexibility that's needed because the business grows, expands, and has to be adaptable because we're in a society and in a place where everything is constantly changing, especially with the amount of technology that we're constantly getting access to um, and limiting oneself just because it's not what you're used to. I feel like my way to combat that is I read a lot. I'm constantly devouring information on different things, techniques, people's perspectives um, that are just not from my background specifically. Like that is something I actively do um, because everyone's made mistakes. And if they're at least open to talking about their mistakes and you can learn without having to make that mistake. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's actually one of the benefits to having team in general. I think that's been a huge benefit to having you helping me is the way you think differently about things. Like, for example, when it came to outsourcing team for the agency, you really hit it home for me. You're like, Lindsay, it's got to be project-based, not hourly. And I was really stuck in that hourly mindset. Like, oh, well, people are used to getting it. And if you talk to VAs, you'll get a, ma- a strong majority of them that want you to pay hourly. They will, oh, we want you to pay 10 hours up front. I really don't like that method. It's been one of the things that deterred me from hiring virtual assistants is because I think, oh, okay, well, it's going to take you five hours to set up a Facebook group. I know I can do it in 30 minutes. I don't think I should pay you $50 for that. However, if my mindset was, I charge you $50 to set up a Facebook group, I would say, okay. <laughs> Like, I don't know why that matters, but then you brought up a really valid point, which was like the benefit though, is there for the virtual assistant or the freelancer, because for those of them that are gifted and really doing their zone of genius, they can get it done a lot faster. And maybe for things that are new to them, they're going to take longer, but they want to learn that skill and the business owner shouldn't pay for that. So it's, it was really insightful and it changed my whole paradigm about that mindset and in essence, it was really good. So I think, like you said, having that thought of like thinking of people that you can bring into your wheel space who think differently to offer a different component to your business is really important. And not doing that is costing you money. That's the mistake people make. Another one that I've seen too is giving too many chances. Like this goes back to my management days. I would say I was probably one of the most forgiving people. Of course, I worked in the car business. It's not a very forgiving industry anyway, but 
I really believed in people and I really wanted to see people succeed. But then there just comes a time when you want it more for that person than they want it for themselves. And knowing when that boundary lies and when to set that like line in the sand, I think that just says like, okay, I'm willing to give you a chance, but now you're crossing the line and doing it obviously delicately, but clearly I think is really important because you know what happens when you let it go and you let it go. It's just, it's just like festers. It turns into resentment and irritation and it can spoil. It takes the joy. It It does. It takes the joy. One of my favorite things about having a team is the relationship I have with my team. It's more than just the work and getting it done. Like I, I want to work with people I enjoy. And so I think if I'm feeling jaded because I feel like someone's taking advantage of me or I, I'm not getting what I think I was expecting, either my expectations were off or I didn't clearly communicate them. Like it's definitely about me (laughs) and I can fix it. (laughs) So I think that's the thing that I would say is understanding that line in the sand and then acting on it. And also I would say those who are hesitant or this is really hard for them because, you know, being a people pleaser, like that is something that I struggle with is that firm no I would say I have more authority now that I'm able to place a boundary and you you don't owe or they no one should be entitled to your help or information no matter how much you want them to succeed and it's the hardest thing the first couple times you you put that boundary but once you continue to do it it really it just makes you feel more confident and more like this is the healthy part. It's a business transaction. Business-wise, you are in a business. Mm-hmm. Now you can take on the role of friend or family, but the problem is a business transaction is transactional where a friendship or family is a relationship that needs to be built. And at the end of the day, you have to figure out which one it is for you. Well, and I, I think there's a fine line. This is another thing that I see I is where um, people get to a point where that line gets crossed and then they want to quit or give up on the idea of having people that, you know, like you, you get jaded that one time and then you're like, well, it was a bad experience. I don't want to do it again. And so then you get stuck back in that rut of doing it all for yourself, but it is hard to let go, especially for somebody who's a solopreneur who maybe is working in like a really condensed time frame. So sometimes it'll take me one hour to do this thing, or it'll take me one hour to teach somebody else to do this thing. I'll just do this thing myself. Right. But really it's not about the one hour. It's about the future hours that it's going to save you by having the other person to do it. So letting go of some of that control. However, when it doesn't get done the way you want it, having that expectation that it's going to get done the way you want it done that first time, that is so hard. I think to be honest, and especially for content creators, because a lot of times our business is our brand. It is us. And so when people on our team are not, um, you know, giving us the the results that we were expecting, because it's how we've been doing it. I mean, it's, it's easy to want to throw in the towel and say, oh no, it's just faster if I do it. It gets done right. I don't have to deal with this trial and error. I don't have to check up on their work. It's a whole new level of dynamics. Like you think you're offloading a certain amount of time, but then you really 
are not yet. And that's a whole nother like level, but don't quit. That's my biggest, I think my biggest takeaway is like, don't just give up on the idea of having a team member. I think having a yeah, strategy. It's like learning to ride a bike. Did you give up the first time you fell? I know I fell f- quite a few times <laughs> before I could ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And just getting back on and, and, you know, getting more clear, just getting more clear in your expectations and, and growing into that role. I, I think one big takeaway that will save everyone is no one's going to love your business more than you. I know that we kind of touched on that, but it's so true. It's nobody, it is up to you. Like you are going to lose people. There's going to be turner turnover. There's going to be people coming on board. Once you start growing a team and getting that work, that's just part of what the business is. And you will not find a single person who's going to be as passionate or as knowing of your business and brand than you. And you might get lucky and find a couple of people who are passionate, but evaluate your expectation on that. And that will just change when you realize that it is you who, who's going to have the most passion. It, it makes you not as harsh on people who are working for you, which makes them feel appreciated and more willing to try. I guess it's just kind of a domino effect. Yeah. And you know what else that I'd like to do that I think is important is have a mission statement. You know, we have a vision for our business and we know where we're headed in our head. But if we're not communicating that to the people that we're bringing on board, it can be a little bit disjointed and people may not really understand the vision. But I think having your vision written out, having a clear mission statement of who you serve and how you're helping people. And so they know that they're part of something bigger than just, oh, I'm just creating content or I'm just a podcast editor. No, you're on a, you're a part of the mission. You're here to help take my message and reach the world. Like this can't happen without you. And when they feel like they're a part of something, then they're more willing to A, want to get it right and B, want to be a part of it for the long term, which I think is the hardest part is the turnover, you know, dealing with the turnover. So lots of good things here to, to really think about. Yes, absolutely. And then one thing too, is with your mission statement, as well as avatars, avatars will change throughout your business. But your mission statement should be something that is crucial. Um, It doesn't change, but things that do change, like I would have a clear list. What isn't going to change about your business, your core values, your mission statement, what makes you you versus things like your avatar, your offers, your products, those things might change depending on demand, Um, Mm -hmm. having a clear distinction. That's so good. Uh, That's funny. I was just talking to another podcaster this morning. And we're having this similar discussion. She said, you know, I've just, over the years, I've let my brand evolve as I've evolved. Like when I have a self-growth leap, it affected my brand. And she's like, I'm at a point now where I want to treat my brand as the entity that it is rather than an extension of me. It's a business. I need to be able to grow and evolve. And my brand doesn't have to grow and evolve just because I did. She's like, I was looking at Brenda Burchard and Jenna Kutcher and all these big names. And she's like, their business is their business. Who they are is who they are. Like they're separate in a way. And I think that's a really dynamic takeaway. I think it's a good, a really good point to leave like bullet point to end on because it ties right into what we're saying. Every trickle effect down, like to hire team, your team member is helping you execute your thing, but they are not your brand, your brand is your brand. It stands alone. Like that is so awesome. Yeah. And having those in place would real. it just helps. It, it, 
have them in place regardless if you're going to hire someone. And once you do those things in place, having those systems, the mission statement, everything just makes training that much easier. Yeah. So, so true. All right, guys. Well, if you are looking for help in your digital marketing, whether that's podcast editing, social media management, blogging, et cetera, our company, Cheerfully Digital, is here to serve you uh, content creators who are looking to make money with your content. And this can go into a lot of different ways, but it starts with a strategy session, which by the way, right now you can get one for free where we can talk about your brand, talk about your vision, where you want to go and how you can convert your content into a money-making machine. You can connect with me at lindsaysutherland.com. Um, you can book the appointment right there and we will do a business breakthrough strategy session for you at no charge. And then we can discuss what it would look like to work together if you want to help, if you would like help facilitating, um, actually executing on those strategies. Until next time, stay motivated, stay focused, and remember that the power to create the life that you want is already within you. I'm Lindsay Sutherland, and I'll catch you on the next episode of the Freedom Entrepreneur Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode of the Freedom Entrepreneur Podcast, make sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and share the podcast with your fellow freedom seekers. Together, we'll inspire and empower countless individuals to live life on their own terms.